He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 139 of the Good Talk Spoil Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson. I'm joined as always by Barry O'Hanron. How, how are you, Barry? I'm good, I'm good. Excited. Irish Open Week. It is Irish Open Week. Uh, but before we get to that, the Twitter handle, as always, is at a good talk golf. golf. And the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Um, any feedback or anything, Barry, that's uh, on the Twitter Twitter sphere right there that's caught your attention this week? A uh, little bit. Like, I did a preview show with Steve Bamford, the golf betting system, once. A little bit of interaction on that. Um, I think everybody's holding their breath for this week. I think it's going to be, particularly for our Irish listeners, and when any of our listeners who are interested in Lynx golf or Irish golf, it's going to be... Uh, Bit of a week, and we uh, I'll uh, gonna be up there on Sunday anyway. Yeah, so am I. Um, um, so and James too. We're gonna be uh, yeah. We'll be sending out a few tweets, kind of co- couple of cool things set up. So yeah, so uh, keep in contact with us at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. Uh, golf at the weekend, Barry. Um, were you playing at all? You didn't play at all. I played. Uh, I played up in Paris Court on Sunday in an invitational. Um, event with a friend of mine who's a member up there playing off the east course which uh, is just a, a super super course the only problem I had with it is it was four person wasn't a team event wasn't even a stable for its single event they made it a strokes competition for members and non-members which was I think a little bit crazy for a Sunday where like there was guys going out. There was a group uh, be uh, behind us or in front of us, in front of us, and they were off. Like one of the lads off that group was like a member from another club, and he was off like a twenty handicap, and like he was. It wasn't that he was struggling, but he just said to me afterwards that there wasn't much fun in having a strokes competition on a course he had never played, and it kind of because. It put him, he said it put him under a lot of pressure having to continuously having to hole out and you know putting big numbers on the card and he kind of was a bit disillusioned by the whole thing I, I don't know I don't know your feelings on whether or not when it comes to like an invitational when you bring people from outside the club to put a strokes competition down I'm a little bit of a golfing sicko and I do like strokes because I think it's like the, the purest form of the game but then again I'm also a realist and know that a lot of the times when you're on a member guest, the guest will be playing the course for the first time or it'll be his second or third or his or her second or third time. They won't be overly familiar with the course. So strokes is really, really difficult and makes it a longer process for everyone. Um, yeah, well, the funny, we actually, we so. did get round relatively quickly. We were about four and just over four hours. So we actually got round pretty quickly. That's it good. was just, I just think it's a silly thing to do for where... Most of the lines had kind of two people. Um, I just don't think... you Like, strokes is great. I love playing strokes. And I do think it really tests your game because if you're off, you're going to see it on your scorecard mm. at the end. There's no hiding in strokes. But it's a nonsense to, to bring people. 
on a on a course of that quality as well like it's not an easy course like there's a lot of difficult holes mm. a lot of places you can lose golf balls a lot of guys kind of assuming you know there's a few holes where you can't see the landing area and you can say oh yeah that's okay and then get up and you know balls are lost yeah. I, I just don't think you should play strokes for not all the time I, certainly not yeah. uh, certainly not when the vast majority of your timesheet is going to be a member with two or three guests couple of quick thoughts it's a Sunday people probably aren't expecting a strokes or something you know they're probably expecting a nice easy round of golf or relaxing round of golf so strokes might kind of go oh crap like might catch them off, off guard um, but then again you know, we can we, golf can get very samey samey you know if you're playing single stable for it all the time so you know it's nice to change it up and get a strokes competition sometimes so um, yeah we'll be agreeing to differ on this one then if they do it every week uh, then that's on. if they do it every week it's a problem but you know it was a nice day so you know it was a nice day get on yeah. with it and just play the game you still you know the, the goal the goal should never to be picking up a ball anyway so uh, it gives you I like strokes it gives you no out it does knock people off their rhythm though if you're in a group with somebody who's struggling and you're in the middle of the fairway and they're hacking it around and it takes them three shots to get to your drive and then mm. you know you're kind of getting on or near the green and then there's a couple more shots and they're still playing because they have to play yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does it doesn't uh, it doesn't lend itself at least with the Stableford a guy if he hacks one out and then has to hack another one he might just, just put it in his pocket and things keep moving so anyway look it is what it is I enjoyed it anyway you were striping it then were you? I have no idea what that meant. Well, hitting it really far and straight. Like. Yeah, I drove all the lads and nice. pretty much all the holes. What did you um, end up with in that? Actually, I have no idea. It was high because I, my chipping and putting was appalling. But I actually didn't. I underclubbed a huge amount. And it wasn't that I, I, it wasn't that I was striking the irons badly. I just don't know. I just wasn't either getting quite the distance that I was expecting or I just wasn't... I don't know. I just... I was underclubbing quite a bit, and mm. even then, when I started hitting a club up from it, I was then overclubbing, and it was going like so. It just it meant I had a lot of tricky kind of little up and downs, and that kind of knocked me a bit. And I also ended up in a few of the bunkers, which I am sick to death of playing golf clubs that don't put enough sand in their bunkers during the year. Uh-huh. Like my club was bought now. I know I play bunker shots with a very open face. But I'm kind no of expecting no a little bit more, especially around the greens. You're kind of expecting a little bit of... A little cushion. Yeah, and there was none. And That's so I t- need to go talk to Mark about learning how to play out of uh, very hard, compact bunkers that allow me to like have that, regardless of whether it's yeah. fluffy or not, I know how I can so get you, it. You can, yeah, you have a shot there. Um, oh, look, it's... Uh, it, it, it seems a quite a common problem um, or a common theme across golf courses and uh, yeah, I, mean, I know it's expensive like sand isn't cheap but you know it's kind of uh, either close the bunkers and let them grow over and keep four or five of you know on a hole mm. or keep a couple on a hole that, that are key but if you're going to have an open power score on the east course there's quite a few bunkers if you're going to have them fill them basically like you're going to have to do your, your calculations and if you can't afford to keep them all then start getting rid of a few so you can. There's no point spreading a certain amount of sand yeah. 
Um, oh well, I mean, on your post round interview, I'm sure you were saying to uh, Sky Sports at the Sky Cart that you had a lot of uh, yardages or in between clubs for the day. It's just a tough day to get around the course. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I thought I played pretty well for the fact that I've now that's my third round in about seven weeks, six weeks. So uh, I was pretty happy enough. Just uh, the greens were superb, though. You'd have loved them; they were so fast. Nice. And uh, you know, I did actually. I kind of I was hitting them at the hole, and then they were going slightly. By the hole. The hole. <laughs> um, so right. there was a lot of kind of there was a lot of four or five footers coming back looking for pars and uh, bogeys, which uh, weren't necessarily the easiest way to spend the day. But anyway, didn't care. It was great fun. I enjoyed it, and we move on. Uh, I'm playing Clontarf this week, which I've never played before. You can see that I'm going to any golf course that isn't our actual home course at the moment. A weekend. I was down at our home courses even for uh, just hit the range. Just uh, hit a few shots, had a, had a little bit of time before we recorded the show, so that's what I did, and uh, yeah, the range was nice. <laughs> All right, well, let's, anyway, let's move on and let's look, at the, uh, let's look at a few of these uh, news stories. There's very little, I suppose, in the, in the world of, of golf at the moment, mainly in everything in Ireland is focused on the Irish Open, but there is a few little nuggets that are out there at the moment and I suppose the important one is that we're starting to see the final field come together for the Open Championship in a few weeks in, in Royal Birkdale I think isn't it? Yeah and we've all, all these really, I mean I love the Open qualifying series, the way they've set up the qualifying for the Open, so you have the, the tournaments and the lead up to it, if you're in the top 3 or 4 finishers who aren't already in the Open and you're in the top 10, you get an invite which is it gives added incentive to players in those tournaments that, you know, even if they're not going for the win, they've still got a great prize up for grabs. And then we have the, um, the you know, of course, the, the actual qualifying series where um, you go and qualify through various venues. And so uh, those took place earlier in the week and we have the list of qualifiers here. So I'll just read them out pretty quickly. Um, in Woburn, we had Shiv Kapoor, Ian Poulter and Toby Tree make it. So it uh, shows Poulter's made a sterner stuff. Well, that's Ian Poulter's home course. Helps a lot, you know, so but you still got, still got to go out and shoot the scores. And um, I wonder if he was using the new Titleist uh, gear. Um, I guess we'll we'll find out. Um, Royal Sank Porfield, Matthew Southgate, Robert Dinwiddie, Austin Connolly, um, who won, got his spot through a playoff. In the hillside, you'd Hayden McCullen, Nicholas McCarthy, Adam Hodkinson. In Knox Hollandwell, you'd Mark Foster, Joe Dean, Laurie Cantor, who got through in a playoff. In the Gales links, you had Connor Syme, Julian Sori, Ryan McCarthy, and notable Connor Syme is an amateur, and uh, he was tied leader in that. So, congratulations to all of those. Few names recognised, few new names, and they are all get to play in the oldest. You know. And I think for some people who might have heard you go through that, Matthew Southgate was the guy who was the cancer survivor who kind of hit the big mm-hmm. stories a couple of years ago. So it's great to see him back. I think that's his second time in three years at the Open. So. Uh, I suppose Ian Poulter being the big one there, and we'll yeah. come on to it because he was runner-up the last time it was at Royal Birkdale. So obviously it's a course that he likes, and uh, a course that he enjoys back in two thousand and eight when he was runner-up to Poor Carrington. So it's good to see him back there. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, how he'll go in a few weeks. But let's look at uh, any other news, Barry, that you saw kind of out on the 
out on the ether of, of yeah. golf. I think it's a good idea to move to the senior tour so we can do the senior open cha- U.S. Senior Open Championship, which is last week, and then probably one of the bigger news things of the week, which I'm, everybody's getting uh, having their say on, is the anchor ban has raised its head again. Yeah. Um, so through. I suppose to put it in context for the listeners, then the 38th U.S. Senior Open was taking place uh, last weekend, and. I suppose to, to, to put the form a bit in, Kenny Perry won by two shots over Kirk Triplett, but really that isn't the story of this week. This week's main story coming out of it is really, as you say, the anchor ban, the intent around the anchor ban, and ultimately we're looking back at Bernard Langer, who has had... For the last number of years since it came in, what, January 2016 when mm. it formally came in, this idea that he kind of practices the stroke with it anchored and then claims he moves the, 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 the top hand slightly away from the chest. Not so much moving of the hand this week, which is kind of where a lot of people are saying, where is the legality here? He's clearly resting parts of his hand on his chest the thumb particularly this video going around and it, it like it's it looks it looks really bad but then the question is when in golf and this is not just this rule but in a lot of the rules of golf it's about intent you're not mm. allowed to intentionally walk on your line you're not intentionally allowed to do this so as long as you can say i didn't intentionally do anything well, then you're within the context of not being on the wrong side of the, the, the rules. Yeah, but Do they need to tidy this anchoring ban up? Because an interesting comment, and you can find it on Golf Channel's uh, website, they look at the putting stats for the likes of Keegan Bradley and the guys and Adam Scott. And when in 2015, 2016, they sunk like a stone down into the 150s, 160s, mm-hmm. 180s, in the rankings on putting it's cost them really okay Adam Scott maybe not so much but we haven't heard Keegan Bradley's name around at the top end of the board for a long while it's really had a knock on effect to these guys is Bernhard Langer now just taking the piss with this and do they need to change the rule to just simply say drop the word intent no aspect of the body can touch the putter and and and, and anchor they, it was a rule that probably should have been dealt with a long, long, long time ago and because of a small amount of success that was had by guys who were anchoring the putter, they decided, okay, we need to fix this. And it, it's something that should have been fixed an awful long time ago. I don't believe that anchoring should be allowed as part of a stroke. The stroke should be a free movement um, without a fulcrum point. So there's a quick way of doing this. If you have long putters, there's a chance that the, the top half of the putter or the hand that holds that putter is going to come close to the body in some way, shape or form, ultimately resulting in what we can see with Langer, which looks for all the world like his hand or part of his hand is still touching its body. Um, albeit you can't prove it because the, shirt's in, the shirt is there. So uh, it looks really, really bad. There's a simple way of getting of doing this. Make, give putters a maximum length. If you, if you give putters a maximum length, and then it can't be locked against your forearm, for example, it's just not going to be allowed to be anchored. You know, clear the rule up and just say, remove the intent part, give putters a maximum. So what are you suggesting? Just saying like 38 or 40 inches yeah, is the, yeah, is the shaft length and that's it? That's it. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it, you see, I think once you start talking about intent, it's always going to be a problem. It's a problem in every aspect of the golfing. Yeah. You know, once you put in the word intent, it's then, it's a subjective rule and it's not black and white. And, you know, okay, this week we're not talking about Bernard Langer getting a two-shot penalty or an X or disqualified because of it. But if he had gone on and won it, you know, there'd be a lot of people talking about the fact that this isn't fair, it's not correct, and it needs to be sorted. It's going to rumble on. There's a lot of guys like Chambly is having yeah. a right go on the internet and through Twitter at the moment about it. There's going to be a lot of stories, I think, coming out over the next while that this needs to be reviewed. And the one thing we know about the PGA and the RNA is there is a tendency that when they're getting bad publicity, they go and change things. <laughs> Um, do, do you know what I think might actually end up happening because nobody specifically pointed a finger at Langer they've all been very yeah they, okay. I'm not sure about that Barry I think it's been pretty obvious that it's been Langer that's it's the problem it's brutally obvious that it's Langer that's the problem but nobody's mentioned it by name well do, maybe do, not a pro another no, pro may do, not have do, mentioned it yeah okay maybe a good talk spoiled yeah, uh, yeah, have yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of people on the internet certainly have pointed yeah, the finger and named is, Langer yeah. So, um, do you think that the, the general fact that there's such a big conversation about it now, and the media is talking about it so strongly, do you think he'll just feel a, a kind of a, a crowd peer pressure to no. actually just do, stop doing it? Not at all. You think he'll just happily, stubbornly all. just go keep going and do what he's doing? He's raking in the cash, he's raking in the victories, and he ain't going to do anything. Let's, let's look at this, right? Dustin Johnson last year used the rules to his own when he took the relief um, to get and a better played it over the and then still played it over yeah, the tower. Yeah. The pros, um, they're right within the law on this. Mm. They're entitled to use the rules to their advantage in whatever way. The problem I have is not with the pros, it's the way the rules are written that allowed them to do that. Um, but I don't think Langer really gives two flying Fs about it, to be honest with you. I think Langer's attitude is... Unless somebody pings me on it, unless I'm I'm found to have uh, breached the rule, I'm going to continue to do it. Maybe he might be slightly more conscious of it over the next couple of weeks mm. and might make a more of an yeah. effort to move the hand away. But Langer ain't going to change what he's doing until somebody tells him he has no choice. Thing is, right? So he's got the his hand sort of resting near his chest when he's setting up to it, and he, then he moves it away. Unless you have some sort of pressure sensor on his shirt or on his body and his hand, how can you actually prove? How can how can a referee go well, up you and can't. say you absolutely one hundred percent were touching an anchor? Which there. comes back and you know this occurred last year with Bernard Langer in one of the tournaments because they said you can clearly see that your hand is touching your top, and he said it's touching my top, not my chest. Yeah. If you look forward, my my t-shirt. Is, is forward, there's a gap between it, so it's touching my t-shirt, no doubt about it, but my t-shirt is in my chest, so I wasn't anchoring. So there is, it's, it's impossible, but the, the problem is that, you know, I was reading a story during the week about Arnold Palmer, who asked his playing partner, is that a pitch mark or is that an imperfection on the green? And the playing partner said to him in the tournament, sure, uh, Arnie, I'll give, you the, uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And he said, I don't want your acting benefit, I want a ruling what do you think and I think that's the point here it's about sportsmanship it's about Mm. the the person it's like snooker it's like everything if you foul the ball you should be the one who says 
hand up, I made, I, I did it. Completely. And I think that the problem here, and it's a problem with Dustin last year, and I think, you know, and all the other issues that we've talked about, about rules and referees, referees were never meant to be a part of the game of golf. The referee that you were meant to have was both yourself and the guy marking your card. Now, obviously, with the money and the way that the game has gone, it has changed substantially because of it. But a ref can't unless he is literally sitting under the armpit of Bernard Langer every time he strokes the putt, know whether or not he's doing it. Mm. Or, you know, a photographic lens that's basically, you know, it's not going to be possible. It's impossible to do that. Which means it goes back to him. It goes back to either the sportsmanship of the players, the honesty of the players, and at the end of the day, you know... Right or wrong, there's millions of euros on the line for these guys. There is names on trophies. And as much as I'd say it's probably safe to say that there isn't an amateur golfer in the world who hasn't at some point thought, I wonder if my playing partner's not looking, if I could just kick this ball half an inch to the left to give myself a better life because it might give me a chance to win this tournament. You know, I'm not saying people do that. But there is always somebody, and there has always been, and any player who says that that thought in their head, even when they were younger, didn't come across and go, oh, sitting down, you know, oh, I wonder if this is my ball. You know, like, they, people do that because instinctively the human nature is to take whatever advantage you can. And I don't think that, you know, that's just the way the game's gone. And that's why you need to tighten the rule, tighten the rules rather than try and uh, work we, within well, you the, still the, can't the prove you, If you tighten the rule to, like, whatever, you still can't prove. No, because... You literally because, can't prove that Langer is anchoring or not No, anchoring. because because the point you've made is a very valid point, which is what hates me to pay, pains me to say it, is change the rule that you can't have a putter longer than 40 inches. Mm. You can't anchor then. You can't physically get to you. You know, and then say you can't have a putter longer than 40 inches and you can't rest it against your stomach. Or because you, you say, can't get it to your or, chest. Or like you say something like the handle can't come above your elbows. Or well, something. that's going to be slightly subjective as to who's, <laughs> where, where the elbow I know, is I know. on everybody. There, there, there's definitely a way to do but, it. Um, at the moment, it's an opinion-based thing. And our opinion is that Langer is... Well, the person we're not talking about, uh, Mr. Oh, we've said, his, we've said his name enough. So let's call him Bernard L. Let's call him uh, Bert, yeah, B. Langer. And the, everyone knows who we're talking no, about. That, that's the problem. But, but it's the problem not... is, it's an opinion-based thing. Our opinion is he is cheating the second you make it an intent and you have to prove intent it's an impossible thing because you cannot prove someone's intent it's like saying that you know his opinion is he's not so that's the problem and and you can't you can't uh you know find somebody guilty of something that's in their head because you can't prove it Mm -hmm. so there's no substantive evidence to show that he had and even if on that one occasion he does ground it you know then and his answer is, oh, I didn't intend to do it on that one. But if you look at all the other putts I had that day, yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. So it becomes messy. And that's the problem. But we've had this conversation before and we'll be continuing to have it well after this podcast and into the years to come. And that is that the rules of golf need to be radically reformed, simplified and remove ambiguity. There should be no necessity in a sport, not now, not ever, that requires a book that runs to over a thousand pages <laughs> of answering 
decisions on those rules. Yeah. That in itself indicates that there is a problem with the fundamental rules of golf. Well, to be fair to the RNA and the USGA, they have been working on a long-term project, which we, you know, yeah. we discussed on the show. And hopefully in, you know, two, whatever, a year and a half, 18 months time, we will have this new and simplified version of the rules of golf. Until then, we're kind of left with this kind of half-assed, messy changes to an old system that's just been built upon and built upon and built upon and built upon. So you've got a building that has all these different um, architectures and, you know, support structures in place. And that's why it's got messy to this stage. Um, looping back around to the putter, I think, you know, on the on a, a quick thought while we're talking, I think the way to solve the anchoring thing with putting is to have a putter shortened. Um, if, if the length of the putter is kind of limited um, then it removes well, I, most I, of these I, I would have I still have an issue about the idea that it can rest across the inner part of your arm I don't understand how that's not I agree you know, I, 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 I'm of the belief whether it's the purest form of golf or whatever you want uh, I still think that the best and simplest way with regard to putting is to just put a putter between 32 and 34 inches and that way and if you want to put a counterweight at the top and made them make them counterbalance and do whatever you want manufacturers can work within the confines of 32 to 34 35 inches mm. and that's it and you have to use just your hands on the putter in whatever way you want to make the stroke and that's it that's that's the answer rather than you know uh stick it under my cap and hope that it works like it just it's uh, I, I agree uh, anyway we've, we've gone way beyond we said off air we weren't going to get into that and uh, we have now got into it yeah but it's kind of I, I like it anyway it's good. congratulations to Kenny Perry who uh, also won that tournament um, <laughs> the yeah, on, women's LPGA was on last week and it was their first uh, second major I think it was wasn't it second major yeah uh, Danielle uh, uh, Kang Kang uh, I knew it started with K uh, she won yeah, so congratulations. That's her first win on tour and defeated Brooke Henderson by one shot. Um, so what, Defending champion, Brooke yeah, Henderson. Seriously good defense. Like She's got a great record of defending titles. And uh, I saw her interviewed at the start of the week on Thursday and she just said she, she just, I don't know, there was something about defending titles she just seemed to love and, you know, uh, reveled in it. So um, sir, I think a nice little point to note if you're ever looking at gambling on the LPGA, see Brooke Henderson is defending. Um, yeah. Pretty solid punt. When we're on the LPGA, the Senior LPGA Championship is at French Lick Resort this week. And so um, where there's a few problems going on with the European Ladies Tour at the moment, at least the, the Senior LPGA and the regular LPGA Tour is, is, is certainly going from strength to strength. So that's... Um, something to keep an eye out for yeah I like, I like the point you made there I think it was a few days ago on text message saying maybe the ladies will be the first one to see a unified world tour so to put this in context the European ladies tour have had to cancel another event an email was re- uh, leaked out from the European ladies tour to the media that basically said ladies don't basically book half mm. of the tournaments coming up because there's no guarantee they're going to take place the European ladies Tour. I don't think I've had an event now since April. Um, and clearly, I, the money, yeah. the interest, the sponsorship, everybody is looking stateside. It, I think, radically now needs to 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 overhaul the LPGA to make it a world tour. 
Well, the LPGA them. doesn't need to do anything. Well, no, but what I mean is that the, the ladies' golf, mm. per se, whether it be the European and the LPGA, need to come together for the sake of their game. Uh, you don't want to lose young players who are in Europe who can't get onto the LPGA mm-hmm. and find them. Perhaps using the likes of Europe with some events over in the States as like a web.com type idea for the women's and have it as a tier system where you play your way from the lower tier which goes between the states and europe and then up onto the lpga by merit but it needs radical reform at the moment because the last thing especially when we were talking a few weeks ago about the Maguire twins here in ireland a lot of very good english players who don't necessarily have the money and the 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 time to go to the States full-time. Mm. The European tour is a necessary yeah, tour a, for those players yeah. and, and also just for the game here, for, for women playing, for the women's game generally. Like you and I were down at the Women's Irish Open a few years ago. It was an appalling turnout for people. You mm. know, like you and I, we could have, we basically could have carried the bag of Anna Kassarinson. Well, we, that wa- day. we walked like, right beside Anna Norquist for a few holes. I mean, literally, arms were length. So there was not know, even, there was, there was not, there was not no even ropes. rope. Uh, so we're, she's now like one of the top players in the world. And even then, like, she was a fantastic player. She was top 20 in the world. We were able to walk right beside her. Now, that's a great thing in that you can access, you can get that close to these amazing players. But it's also a, the thing that's ended up causing the current problems with the LAT mm-hmm. and the lack of sponsors and I think they've gone they've, they've, they've gone through their rainy day money as well by all accounts so it really is in trouble and it does need a bit of a save from the LPGA but the LPGA can leverage this into something like you said maybe a development tour that's split between Europe and the USA and um, you know the Solheim Cup is kind you know a little bit under threat as well because of this if you don't have a you know so well it's going to be like you're going to end up having to take the European Players European that players LPGA. that are playing on the LPGA yeah. and put a team together uh, that in itself is a problem at the moment because that's such a one-sided it's like the Ryder Cup in the 70s and 80s you know it's it's so yeah. one-sided at the moment that it's not even a spectacle uh, so it, it, there is going to have to be a, a I think a look at this particularly last week with the LPGA I watched quite a lot of it and I really enjoyed what I saw you know it, it's 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 a it's a good package it's the 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 players are good i thought that you know a lot of the work that sky i know they were taking the feed from the u.s but you know the feed from the u.s was good you know and it it can be a really good good really good package and the european tour is going to lose out if they don't get themselves organized pretty quickly and maybe they need to I don't know, maybe they need to link in with the, the men's European tour and try and go on the coattails of back-to-back weeks in, in, in venues or something. Or, you know, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think right now, any idea is right, probably a, a, an idea that's worth yeah. listening to. Absolutely, absolutely. The whiteboard needs to be filled up with some things right now. And, and hope, somebody hope, like Pella might happens. be the guy, you know, the, the head of the European men's tour, uh, you know, might be the kind of guy who has a few ideas that might be worth trying them out on the on the ladies' tour, see if sponsorship, if the likes of the Super Sixes, things like that might... I don't know, it just... It's 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 a sad mm. look at the moment and it really does need to, to get sorted. Let's very quickly look at the Quicken Loans um, 
because we'll come on to the European tour in a second. Kyle Stanley won at the first playoff hole against Charles Howell. The third, uh, Howell ultimately bogeyed Kyle Stanley Pard going back down the 18th for the first time after they tied at seven under. Howell's going to be pissed. He made a, he, he, like a sloppy approach shot, a really poor chip, you know, which left himself that just awkward nine, ten footer and uh, didn't make it. Was just, it was a bit of a poor bogey to make, you know. Um, but fair play to Kyle Stanley. David Lingworth's going to be absolutely raging. Like he, he had this tournament in his hands um, and really just went to pieces on, uh, on, the, the, weekend. Sun, on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> 73, 73. This is not the way to back up your rounds. You know, 65, 65, brilliant. 73, 73, not so good. And even after the first 73, still leading going into the final day. So just, I don't know what really happened there. I think he got into a bit of a rut with his playing partner. Um, everyone will have seen what happened to Sun Kang. There was a bit of a... A squall came through. He got absolutely saturated. Himself, he's the guy who forgot to bring out the gear. He's the guy like, himself. And his he's not even carrying the bag. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they said there was zero percent chance of rainfall. It was like, lads, what are you doing? Like the rain gear these days weighs next to nothing. The caddy's got a bag full of stuff anyway. Just throw the rain gear in. What does a jacket and trousers weigh? Yeah. It's it's an extra. I didn't know it was extra pound or half a pound. It's nothing. So. I saw it come up on on Monday, oh. and I was like. That's just nonsense. That 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 kind of nonsense annoyed me because I was like, as you say, like a Gore-Tex, uh, Galvin Green pack like thing. It's like it's you it wouldn't even it. notice it in your bag. And also, he's not carrying the bag. His his caddy who is paid to carry the bag. Yeah, like, yeah. what did he take out to put in? Like, you I, know, I don't get three it. extra bananas. And if the, and if the umbrella, I mean, look, the, the new umbrellas these days are lightweight as hell. I mean, if he needed a tiny yeah, well, little compact, you know what? He he learned his lesson, and I think yeah. everybody learned their lesson. I think you get your yeah. I don't know. That's um. That's a uh, whatever. Silly Billy Bill stupid. Haas couldn't get it done either. I uh, had all my great hope for Bill from last week's shout out that yeah. I thought he ended up tight thirteen. Ricky Fowler, look. You know, he's trending still in the right direction. Yeah. Um, couple of weeks, you know, is he going to just be able to maintain this through to, to, to Birkdale? He's doing, be... he's doing very well. Bill Haas is on a course this week that with, he's got a good tournament record and he's playing well at the moment. So he, you never know, he might have just peaked, you might have just called him a week too early. Um, yeah. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is trying to buck our trend of uh, having to talk about him what and was uh, another top 20 for that guy. Um, uh, again, poor poor Sunday, uh, Saturday of the 74, but ultimately uh, coming up short by five shots. Must give a mesh to Keegan Brad- Bradley. He actually is poking his head up on the leaderboards a little bit these days. And when you said it earlier, I was like, I'm just going to let James hang on this. Yeah. T- tied fifth. He's, uh, Keegan's, got, Keegan's got a bit of game going on at the moment. So, right. um, you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll eat your titleist hat uh, if I have to in due course. Anyway, let's move on. And um, the European Tour last week was in France. And I have to say, I don't even have it open in front of me. I got I it. Completely I got it. forgot. I Listen, the, oh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood won it. Yeah, Tommy maintained his great form that he showed in the U.S. Open and uh, got it done. Fine, brilliant final round, sixty-six. This is the beginning of the kind of the sort the links swing. Um, even though this is not technically a links course, it does have that feel of a links course or that look of a links course about it. Was this the course that your man jumped into when he won and broke his leg? I think God. it was. It was LeVay, wasn't it? Yeah, LeVay yeah. jumped in I think so, yeah. uh, into the lake beside yeah. the 18th yeah, and ended up breaking his leg. Yeah, I saw a clip the other day and yeah. it still, didn't, still doesn't seem like it dawns on him that he's broken his leg when yeah. he's actually going in. Yeah, so um, anyway, go yeah. on. Tommy Fleetwood. Look, Tom, Tommy's held the form phenomenally well, playing beautifully. Um, you know, there's some tricky enough conditions on this golf course. You can't, you can't be 
poking it around as we were talking about last R- week. Ryder Cup uh, course for the next uh, next year. Next and year. do you know what? That this the finishing holes for this course are just brilliant. 15, 16, 17, 18 are phenomenal. The the only worry that was pointed out they might not get there. Matches <laughs> might not get there at that stage, and you kind of go, oh. To be fair, so the US changed it last year, didn't the they? Rotation, they? They rotated yeah. it to make them, you know, the back nine, the front nine, and it might be something that be interesting to see. Could they maybe make the 18th, like the 15th or the 16th, you know? Or so there might be a way they can change the routing, which is which is a very uh, good point to make. And um, so look, Peter Uline playing very well at the moment. He finished second, one shot behind Tommy Fleetwood. Unfortunately, couldn't uh, couldn't uh, hold it matching shot a tying shot on 18 Torbjorn Olsen had a brilliant, brilliant final day 65 to leap up into third alongside um, top Frenchman Mike Lorenzo Vera he had a 66 in the final day to leap up the leaderboard as well and Alexander Bjork was also on a tie third and 8 under um, rounding at the top 10 you had Ryan Fox in 6th Lee Hao Tong Adrian Otegi Ross Fisher and John Ram uh, proving he can play on any style of golf course coming over to Europe and Finishing tenth, um, who you know alongside Lee Westwood and Alexander Norrin. So um, yeah, some really top quality names there, and Ireland's Paul Dunn just behind uh, on four under. Well, look, let's let's move very segue straight into the preview for this week, which is as we outlined at the very top of the show. It is the Irish Open. It's the Dubai Duty Free, uh, supported by the Rory McIlroy Foundation Irish Open. It's taking place up in uh, Port Stewart in Northern Ireland. Um, this is Lynx. <laughs> this is a yeah. Lynx golf course. <laughs> this is a uh, lot of sand dunes, a lot of blind shots. It looks stunning. And I hope that the course on the TV looks as good as the photos because when you go onto the website, yeah. it, is, it is a proper Lynx course. And the first tee box, I think the elevation is just... It's magnificent. So... So this, this golf course is kind of a bit of a dual personality of one kind of nine that's right in amongst the dunes, loads of elevation changes, and the other nine, I'm reliably informed by a friend of my father's, is a little bit more flat and a little bit more, not quite as dramatic as the other one. So a good contrast, it'll ask for a good batch, a different batch uh, of skills to manage both different styles of, uh, of links golf there. But um, it's looking absolutely sensational on social media at the moment. Check out the European Tour Instagram and Twitter. They're, it's just, uh, they've got some cracking stuff up there. Um, can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. I love having love having this time of year. The Lynx golf leading into the Open Championship. And uh, this, uh, you know, the strongest field that's ever been assembled for the Irish Open. So let's let's talk about this for, this, for a moment. Because firstly, a couple of years ago, the Irish Open was unfortunately going trending in the wrong direction probably about as big as our monthly medal yeah yeah like rory has obviously really brought a lot of clout now not just him but you know obviously with graham mcdell Port Carrington, mm-hmm. you know darren clark all of the guys obviously with the fact that the open championship is going over to northern ireland in in two years time two, yeah. two years time and obviously has really oomphed up the importance of the irish open the Rolex series, seven million dollars, yeah. is is the real kicker on this for a lot of guys. Whether this week for Lynx play, Ireland, you know, bring out the weather here because oh, yeah. it may say zero chance of rain, no, 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 but no. there is every chance of rain. Yeah, you probably get three so, tornadoes in that rain. So zero chance you of rain. You know, you you're going to be looking for the attributes this week, guys who are 
guys who like links play mm. you know so the likes of Shane Lowry who obviously won his, his as an amateur he won uh, actually won his amateur tor- uh, championship up in Port Stewart he obviously won the Irish Open in Baltray before he turned pro a lot of guys a lot of Irish guys like Paul Dunn another mm. guy you know that people trending in the right direction last week loves the links golf courses yeah. you know they're the, the kind of players that really kind of find these courses at home because sometimes it can be a love hate you either love them or you hate them yeah yeah it does and look it's not an, it's, it's like most things golf courses it's not overly long it it is it looks like it's going to set up to be a green and regulation challenge and more specifically the fairies look pretty generous so re, really um, a strong focus on your second shot and uh, you know if you match up a decent putter with that it's always going to help um it, it looks like a large variety of, you know large style, variety of skills of golfers or golfers with different skill sets can go well this week you know it's quite it's not favoring one particular type the weather looks reasonably decent you know the yeah, winds Friday aren't too strong looks like the only day that rain is forecast yeah. for the moment the rest is just going to be kind of cloudy with maybe breaks in in the weather but it doesn't look like it's going to be one of the really horrendous, no. horrible July days. And fingers crossed. Just for the fact that we want this to succeed. You want to see it go mm-hmm. across the world looking the best. Because, let's face it, we're going to be biased, but I think we are entitled to. They are the best links courses in the world is on this island. And yeah. they are the most naturally beautiful golf courses. And you want to see that product go across the world looking as good as we know that they are i think i think like credit to what we've seen so far to the green the greens keepers there and all the people involved in the south of the tournament it looks unbelievable so a little bit of a few peaks of sunshine would be nice and like you're saying it's brilliant that it's two weeks before the open the calendar shift the rolex series has got everything going for it right now rory behind it it's uh it's going to get its maximum exposure levels ever um, in, in terms of global media. So here we go. Let's, let's, uh, let's look at the, yeah. the, the, the betting because I think from that shows just quite the level of uh, skill that's going to be on show this weekend. So market leader and defending champion Rory McIlroy 7-1, Hideki Matsuyama is 9-1, Tommy Fleetwood 12-1. Justin Rose twelve to one, John Ram fourteen to one, Thomas Peters twenty two to one, Shane Larry, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Torbjorn Olsen are all twenty five to one, Tyrrell Hatton is twenty eight to one, Andy Sullivan and Matthew Fitzpatrick are thirty to one, and then we have Yost Lauten and Graham McDowell thirty five to one. A lot of guys who have all shown great stuff on links golf courses here towards the top of the betting. Um, Lee Westwood, Peter Ulon forty to one, and then at fifty to one you have Ian Poulter, Paul Dunn. Pablo Larrazabal, Patrick Harrington, and uh, you know defending champion. Sorry, not defending champion. Two champion two years ago, Soren Kjeldsen, fifty-five to one, also won a Lynx golf course, and he's shown throughout his career a remarkable ability to play Lynx golf. And the great thing about Lynx is that, as you say, especially on a course like this where nine holes is very Lynxy, and the other not so much, or very you, hilly you can, and very flat. You can, yeah. you can kind of get away with, you know, if you can hold it together on the really tough ones, there's going to be chances to kind mm. of mend your hand or keep in the tournament. Um, in terms of Rory, he's obviously defending. He obviously meant a huge amount to him to win last year. Um, the winnings are going to his own foundation. Mm-hmm. It, it's been a personal thing for him as much as anything. The monkey off his back last year and winning the Irish Open gives him now the ability to go and really enjoy 
the tournaments, not just this week, but into the future at Irish Opens. We know that Rory plays best when, you know, the pressure is off him. Yeah. You know, that, that he goes pin-seeking and enjoys it. Rory this week has talked about the problem with Steve Stricker and the, the tweet the tweet problem and the fight between him and uh, the money and, you know, all of that nonsense that was going on after the, uh, the US Open. That it, wasn't Stricker, it was Elkington. Was it Elkington, sorry? Stricker's um, cool, Stricker's cool. We know but, yeah, is this the kind of tournament that you hit the reset button for Rory, puts in four good days and starts trending back in the direction that we all want to see him? He's, he, look, we all saw the crap he went through last week with testing out every single putter TaylorMade have and uh, under, their, under their shed or in their shed. And he seemed to arrive at one that worked pretty well from on Sunday. Shot a great round. Uh, this was two weeks ago. Sorry, not two last weeks, two ago, weeks ago. Yeah. Beg your pardon. But I was going to say, did I miss it? He wasn't, yeah, playing? wasn't playing last week. Two weeks ago. He was playing great. Uh, tee to green. So, and th- that's the kind of thing that's going to... seems to be um, the right combination to work well here this week at, at Port Stewart. Good tee to, green game, tee to green game. Rory can often just go literally tee to green on some of these holes. You know, 350, 360 yard par fours. If the wind's helping in the right direction... He can take these on and try to set himself up for eagle chances. So, like you said, without the pressure on, yeah, he can go very well. Um, Thursday, Friday, there's going to be a lot of people uh, following Rory, Matsuyama and John Ran around the course because they're in the group together. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of very good players with probably not as many people uh, following, which is going to be great for people it's going Thursday, yeah. Friday. Outside of Rory, and we could go through, and we're not going to make this. I know it's kind no. of a mini major for us, but if we just pick one or two, Barry, that you're looking at, saying this is a guy I'm looking for. Like for instance, I'm looking at Rafa Cabrera this week. I think good shout. Uh, a guy thirty to one, uh, well twenty five to one coming in slightly. Seven places on Paddy Power again this week. Um, who else? Who who kind of moved down the way? Let's let's pick into the middle section there. Who? Who were you picking out? Of oh, that middle. Of- okay, well, let's. Uh, I like towards the top of the market, like Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, good links player. T to green game is great. Um, so he's he's one of my guys there. Lee Westwood's playing well. Um, Lee's problem is always getting over the line, or has been uh, in in recent years. So uh, despite how many tournament wins he's had, let me see. I have um, Richard Carlberg has an excellent. Uh, Excellent bit of form, good record in Lynx golf, and he's available at 150 to 1. So he's my really long, long, long outsider. And I also fancy him for a first round leader bet. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty deep field. There's a lot of guys you could, uh, a lot of guys you can pick, but those, uh, those are two that kind of stood out for me, and they're part of my little. Uh, and there's a few guys that we bets. have down in Carn, uh, the likes of Dave Higgins, Simon Thornton. Um, and a few of the Irish kind of guys who have been playing a lot of the pro-ams, the Irish PGA are down there this week, you know, Colin Moriarty as well. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on a lot of those guys who yeah, are yeah. all out at kind of 750 to 1, 1,000 to 1, who... There's great... Simon Thornton would be a really good bet for like a top 20 or a top 30 bet. He could absolutely do it without stressing himself too much, like seriously talented golfer. So, um, yeah... So there That's is available. look 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 down through it because you know there is uh, there is value to be had even further 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 down towards the bottom. And um, 
Who is your number one then? Who are you going? Matthew Fitzpatrick? Is he your or is it Rory? No, no, I'm going to stick with Fitzpatrick for the week. Um, give, give him a shot. Him and Carlberg, they're my picks and we'll go from there. Uh, this week is the return of the Greenberg Classic over in the PGA over in the States. It's at the old white TPC in uh, White Sulphur Springs. Um, 7 million as well Danny Lee defending this was the one that I think last year didn't take place because of the storm um, it had to be pulled because of, of the damage to the course it's back now so it'll be interesting to see I think last year they, they ended up having this week off because of it um, top of the markets here we've uh, Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner Bill Haas David Lingworth Webb Simpson Phil Mickelson First tournament back without Bones, Danny Lee, Tony Finau, Keegan Bradley, Bubba Watson, JB Holmes, Charles Howell. It's one of the weaker uh, your PGA Tour events. Because um, they're all in, in Ireland. They're starting to come to Ireland or they're taking a week off in preparation for the Open. Um, just if anybody wants to hear a bit more detail about betting for the Irish Open, I was I joined Steve Bamford on the Golf Betting System podcast and that was released yesterday morning, Tuesday morning. So uh, we go into a bit more in-depth into the stats and uh, as always, Steve was just dropping uh, his great knowledge all over that podcast and uh, his picks and uh, I have a couple more picks of mine there. So that's golfbettingsystem.co.uk. You can find that on Podbean, iTunes and all the usual uh, podcast outlets. All right. Well, I think we should really wrap it up. You and I are going to be up in Port Stewart and we're we'll talk about what we're going to be doing next well we'll talk about it next week when we've done it yeah exactly. um, but I think have a look at the Twitter handle at a good talk golf over the weekend because uh, it will be um, there'll be a few interesting bits so we'll hopefully we're looking yeah. forward to it yeah. um, alright well look Barry thank you for your input um, it's going to be an enjoyable week of golf here in Ireland and uh, thank you for listening at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. A good talk spoiled at gmail.com is the email. We will talk to you next week. Bye bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye bye.